It's been 20 years since we lost Charlie Linderman by the tree in Freddy vs. Jason. The most noble death in slasher film history. We're here today, Pete and I, on the Scare Value Podcast. To I'm re- here, too. To remember someone we could never forget. Pete, do you remember where you were when Linderman... I believe I was in a theater seat next to you, and it was very sad. Probably two seats away. Oh, that's right. We do need that buffer seat. It was a noble death, a tragic death, an unexpected death. I've seen a lot of slasher movies. I've seen a lot of slasher deaths. This one I've never forgotten. I had not watched this movie since 20 years ago in the theater with you. The only two things I remember were the ending with Jason walking away with the head of Freddy Krueger winking at you and the sad and noble death of the nerd. The unexpected, again, I go back to unexpected. That came out of nowhere. It's not, it's not a good death. It's not like he gets a, a classic slasher kill. But I've never seen someone go out quite the way Linderman went out, trying to save someone's life, which fails immediately in the next scene. And I believe at no point in the film did she like him as a friend or anything. No, and she's a homophobe. Oh, that we'll is true. That. We're back on the Scare Value Podcast. And we're doing Freddy vs. Jason. Because it's Is been, that the name of it? Or is it Freddy v. Jason? It's Freddy vs. Jason. They're, they weren't so pompous back in, 2000, in the early aughts. In the early aughts. Oh, it's a simpler time. Now, I have two corrections and apologies. I call bullshit. For as last, always. It's not last episode, but it's the last one we recorded, the Jaws episode. Uh, there's more than two things wrong with that episode, but here's the two I've chosen. All right. One of them has nothing to do with you, which is the one I think you'd prefer. Well, I, I obviously, yes. I referenced... Keep uh, going. I referenced James Cameron. We talked about the movie Deep Star. I meant the movie Dark Star, which is directed by John Carpenter. <laughs> I don't... Uh, Deep Star is the movie Deep Star 6. That's what we were thinking of, directed by Sean Cunningham, who directed the first Friday the 13th movie. Well, A... Haha, ha, you idiot yes. for not knowing things. Yeah. Well, Two, you're going to get yours in a second. I don't believe I've seen either one of those movies. Yeah, so. but you've seen the poster. We talked about the poster. I've seen the poster, yeah. I believe I own that poster, too. The other correction I have is that uh, at different points in the podcast, we both referred to the tank that blows up in Jaws' mouth as something that it could not possibly be. You said a propane tank. <laughs> I yeah, that sounds right. A helium tank. It is clearly compressed air because they have to use it to go underwater. No, that was a propane tank because they had a little camp grill that, you know, they cook their meals on because they're at sea. There's not a, a full galley on board. I, I like that you got it wrong. And then 25 minutes later, I came back with something equally, equally preposterous. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Did we, did either of us notice at any point? No. No, okay. no, no, no. Only on a re-listen did I, did I realize that. Uh, See, that's your it's, problem. It's right an there. oxygen tank. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, jury's still out on that. I, I, yeah. All right, we're gonna hold off. Okay. Uh, Freddy right. versus Jason. No, we have our Nick Cage update. Oh, a Nick. Crows. Oh no. All right. Oh no. You never picked, so I just went with the simple one. <sighs> that makes me sad because I haven't seen the crows lately, and one was cawing in a tree while I was trying to pee this morning, and I was like, no. Uh, crows. I saw you reaching for that That's button. why it exists. I saw you. Uh, no, I'm being quiet now. Don't push the button. Okay. Uh, two weeks ago, our time, so probably a month ago, whenever this airs, the website IGN, which is known for video games, but sometimes covers movies and other things, did a top 15 Nicolas Cage movies list. And yes. I'm curious to get your reaction to this list. Oh, you've written them all down for me. 
And okay, you're very cribbed, tiny hand. We're going to go quick. I think you've seen, if my memory's correct from what you listed, I think you've seen at least 13 of these. Okay. 13 movies? 13 of the 15, I think you've seen. So there's, there's two I know for sure you have not, but there could be another one that you haven't, but I'm pretty sure you've seen the other 13. These are the top 15 Nicholas Cage. According movies. to IGN. According to IGN. Number 15, Color Out of Space. I have seen it. Well, do you want to give it like a brief good, bad up? Well, no, it, you can't just say they're all good. Well, they probably are. <laughs> There's Nicolas Cage. You've already rumbled this bit. What are we doing here? Yes, I finally, on the third listen, caught on to your ruse with the Rotten Tomatoes game where you just said everything was fresh. Oh. <laughs> nobody caught it. Really? Yes, through Ken's game, through Martha's game. Nobody caught it. And then I caught it when I was listening. I was like, oh, this idiot. They're always good. Number but 14. Color Out of Space. Fantastic performance. H.P. Lovecraft. Really good H.P. Lovecraft uh, adaptation. A Nicolas Cage horror movie. Number 14, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I have seen it. Very good. Very funny. Awesome, Nicolas Cage. A clip of that used to be our intro. It is. But now it's... Fuck. Crows. I'm so torn by that. Number 13, 13. which you once referred to as a Nicolas Cage movie, Kick-Ass. It is a Nicolas Cage movie. Who who else is the star of that movie other than Nicolas Cage? Chloe Grace Moretz. <clears throat> yeah, she's like second billing. So that was her first movie or whatever. Well, he's so. not. Nicolas Cage might be the first billing. Now that you mentioned it, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's uh, Aaron uh, Taylor uh, Johnson, right? Is the, yeah. What has he done since? Wait, no, he's not the. Which one is he? Which which was he? Quicksilver. Which Quicksilver which, which, is he? Uh, he was the um, Joss Whedon Quicksilver. Yes, that's the one that is the star of the movie, and he's uh, Craven now. <sighs> He's going to be Craven the Hunter. I don't even. Okay, keep moving Number on. 12. Hit me with 12. Red Rock West. I have not seen That's that one. That's one of the ones I didn't think you'd seen. What is that one? I don't know. Uh, I just wrote down names. I'm going to call it a horror movie and watch oh, it. I guess you haven't seen this one either because this has been debated. You've seen half of it. Number 11, Pig. I have. I, I didn't count that one. I think okay. I started it. It's good. I want to finish it. It's just, you know, you got to pay attention. And I have kids. I can't always do that. This is a good list so far. There's only one on here that I take massive issue with and the order is what it is but there's one coming up that i'm like that can't be that's this high on this list because there's so many good movies we've already seen on there the only way to massive talent and kick ass are great pig is i haven't seen it either but it's supposed to be great number 10 con air i did see that in the theater with you it's a good yeah, one i gotta rewatch it number nine wild at heart <clears throat> i did not see i that know it's one. david lynch i don't have seen it. okay there's three you haven't seen then because well four. Oh, wow you're not a very good Nicolas cage fan Nicolas cage has a lot of movies number eight and the one that i take issue with these are the top 15 pete yeah number eight the I, one i take issue with national treasure it, i haven't seen it it yet. can't be that good it can't There's be better like 10 of them it can't be better than kick-ass and con air and the Emperor williams of talent and david lynch's wild at heart there's just zero chance well so far every, this is a populist uh, website obviously every one of those ones i haven't seen is not a top 15 movie number seven the rock I like that one. Great movie. That is a good one. Number six, a masterpiece, Mandy. Uh, I recommend Mandy to everyone and anyone at any point. My first thought was that was too low, but this is a pretty solid top five. Number five, Raising Arizona. Classic. Great. First time I realized Classic he was a Cone genius. Brothers, yep. Number four, Valley Girl. I don't remember Valley Girl well because I saw it back in the 80s when... It's one of his big breakout. Yeah, when he was the Peggy Sue Got Married era. Wow, I know a lot about Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Keep going. Number yeah, Peggy Sue Got Married, not on the list. One of my favorites, too. Number three... You know what? Not enough Nicolas Cage is, I think, the problem with that, that movie. That is the problem with that movie. <laughs> Number three, his Oscar-winning performance in Leaving Las Vegas. I did see that one. It's all right. Not my favorite. <laughs> I know, right? But I, you have they, to put it up there. They gave him an Oscar, and then he said, all right, now I can go do the good stuff. And he went, and he's made bangers. Number two, Moonstruck. 
that's all right. Classic performance. Though. Yeah. I mean, again, he's great. The movie itself. Eh. Yeah. Number one, Face Off. Really? Yep. I mean, he I, again is fantastic. I saw the list and I thought, that's kind of weird for number one. And then I thought about it some more and I was like, yeah, I'll allow it. Isn't that movie like three hours long? <laughs> it's it's pretty long. I don't think it's that long. But you get him playing Nicolas Cage and playing John Travolta. And I just thought, you know what? Maybe it could be number one, I guess. His I prefer pro- The Rock, but <laughs> I, I, I agree. Man, you're right. That that performance as Travolta and as himself. It's pretty amazing. It is. I, Although, give Travolta some credit, too. He pulls off some Cage in that movie. You know, I have not seen it since the theater, so again, that's got to be twenty years plus. I liked the remake, the Buffy episode where Buffy and Faith switch bodies, <laughs> and then they have to play each other. Oh yeah, what season was that? Season four. I was just reading something about Buffy, but I've completely forgotten about it. But just so you're aware, I, I read something about it. I'm impressed as always. I know you are. And now we're done with our Nicolas Cage update. Go Nicolas Cage. Is there anything that stands out that you'd be like that has to be on the list? No. It's a good list, right? He made a lot of good movies. I'd have to look at his like 130-something long... You want to put the Ant Bully on there? Because I know you've got <laughs> a, a sordid history with that movie. <laughs> I, I believe, still refuse to believe you've seen it. I believe I've landed on It Counts as a Nicolas Cage movie I've seen. Sure it does. He's in it. Oh, right. Yeah. So that is where I stand. So it's been 20 years since we had a few... Since we started this podcast. Pretty much. We had a few... Uh, anniversaries recently cujo turned 40 that's not the same dog i hate to be the one to break this to you but it didn't go to a farm upstate it's dogs just don't live that long man it's a pretty good movie i don't think it's as good as we we discussed it before his stephen king's adaptations began with brian de palma right stanley kubrick john carpenter uh george romero like the greats of our uh, david cronenberg like the greatest uh, genre auteurs of all time for a pulp horror writer and then this this was just made by a guy that made alligator so it's it's fine um it's it's a good movie it's it's not it's just not the other movies i think i gotta say i think alligator's better i think alligator's better too so uh, go see that one if you're looking for like a wild animal attacking you in the kucho review on the site i i, I might have pointed out that alligator was better uh mm, poor kujo you know it's not bad if but i was left thinking if it had not had the half hour trapped in the car there's nothing remarkable about the movie at all it's just that that third act is very good i haven't seen it since i was a kid but you can imagine they set the entire third act in the car so it it really was really well made and i give the director full credit for it because without it there's just nothing to the movie it's just a lady living on a farm with a kid yeah and then a dog's kind of mad it's a lady who's our main character and she cheats on her husband and i thought it was such an odd choice because she's the hero of the story that we have to root for, but she's also like a bad person because her husband is like a nice person. It's, it's very, they couldn't even just give her cause to be like, it was unhappy. Like he's devastated at points. And I felt really bad for him. And he tries to rush home to save his family. Cause he doesn't know what's going on, even though he's in this disarray It's a weird choice. Stephen King did a lot of drugs. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I know that. And good for him. Hey, I brought up on a previous podcast that during Jaws, there was a murder on the Sand Was it Dunes. on the Jaws podcast? It was on the Jaws uh, podcast. Yes, if I recall correctly, you, you accused his son, Joe Hill, of murdering. Well, I did absolutely no more research into it, but I think, I don't think he was involved with the actual murder. I think he just kind of like brought it up. Pete, I read the same Wikipedia entry you did. did it, yeah? Yes. Am I right? Yes. All right. See? Uh, I was stunned to find Joe Hill's name on that Wikipedia entry. I was like, wow, this is, I read, not only am I reading the same thing Pete has, but I'm not going to go any further into it. <laughs> so you know how I get my information now. I just had to get home and exonerate him. Oh, this is, well, did, did you put it on a Twitter or something? Oh, Twitter no. doesn't exist anymore. X. X. Pete, can you name one Joe Hill book? 
I cannot, if you give me till the end of the podcast, I bet you it'll pop up in my brain. Okay. Or maybe to the next podcast, or 10 years from now, I'll bring it up. We also had Jason Goes to Hell turn 30. The Dirty 30 for the worst Jason movie ever made. I have never seen Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, boy, Pete. It's bad. Well, when you gave me the list of anniversary things to watch, my options were Cujo, Jason Goes to Hell, and Freddy vs. Jason. What a twist. Oh, yeah, I know. If anyone was hanging on there waiting. Of the three of them, only one sounds like it would be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pick the one that's fun to watch. I don't want to watch somebody trapped in a car. Bitten, with their bitten, son dying. With their son dying. Yay. Uh, I don't want to watch what you've described as the worst Jason movie that's ever existed. It has its charms for being as bad as it is. And I haven't seen a Freddy Krueger movie in yes. a very long time. Pete, I'd argue you still haven't seen one in a very long time. That is true. The main thing about Freddy vs. Jason is it is neither a Friday the 13th nor a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. What is that thing? <laughs> it is an early 2000s movie that feels like an early 2000s movie. The 2000s slam you over the head quickly noise and often. And noise and, and fast cuts. I forgot what the music was like yes. back then, but I remember now. Uh, just a quick note on uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, not the last Jason movie before Freddy vs. Jason, because Jason X was made for some reason, and then it's still better than Freddy Jason I Goes like to Hell. I like Jason X. I saw that one in the theater with our foreign correspondent. It's not the worst, not the worst of his movies. It's a fun one. Uh, it did come out the year before this, even, the, even though it was made a couple years before that. It just sat on the shelves for a while. Uh, but Freddy vs. Jason is the last time that Robert Englund plays Freddy Krueger in a film, ever. I'm thinking back, and I... I think yes. you're correct. There's I, no nothing. I didn't need your I know you didn't need my validation, but I am giving it to you anyway. <laughs> he made the original seven I'm ending. Stunned. With, he made the original seven ending with New Nightmare. Then there was a there was a nine year pause, and then he did Freddy vs. Jason, and that was the last time he's been one. That's right. There was that huge gap. That the was gap one of the things I wanted to ask you was the, how long yes. between these characters. You're right because Jason X came out quickly. The gap is is what's now the thing about Jason is it was only a one year gap. So you can say, well, the series was still going. I suppose you could say that. The truth is, the series after eight is just a different series. It's made by different people. New Line Cinema has the rights. Jason Goes to Hell is terrible. Jason X is in space. Even if you like it, it's like, this is nothing to do no, with no, what we started. standalone films at that point. The classic the world. Jason character technically keeps going until Freddy vs. Jason. In reality, it's Jason takes Manhattan, and then it's just whatever New Line was doing with the character every 10 years. Uh, the Freddy thing, he hadn't made it a movie in nine years. Right. The era of Freddy was long over. Oh, yeah. Uh, the era of Jason, I still, I argue, is long over. Only one movie came out in the entire 90s, and it was the worst one. So this is, we're not at a peak of either character. But the movie did gangbusters. Uh, if I recall correctly, and I, because this movie, again, made me slam back into the early aughts, like just put you right there. There was a lot of talk of the versus stuff, like which guys would win in a fight in yep. the early, the nascent days of the internet. It was like, who would take who? So the Freddy versus Jason was kind of like a thing you got excited for. Like, ooh, this they're actually putting it on film. A movie that, that they tried to get made since 1987. There was a version, if you recall, of Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Well, that would be a sequel. Well, it was it was talked about before this one got made. I think there might have been a comic book. No, there was no, a talk this, of a comic book. There's a comic book. There is. That's yeah. what I thought. And but I, I mean, I don't. It wasn't before this. This this idea, of Freddy versus Jason, gestated from 1980, basically six, because they were trying to make part seven. Friday Thirteen people said, "Let's get a crossover," and at that point. Jason was on the downslope. Freddy was still the king. He was making huge box office, and New Line didn't own 
Jason at the time, he was owned by Paramount. So Paramount said, let's do a crossover. And Blue Line said, nah, I don't think so. We're just going to make all our money ourselves. Right. And uh, no Sony Spider-Man deal for you. No. So that's why you get telekinetic Tina and he fights a, a dime store carry in that movie because they still wanted to have him have a showdown with somebody. Okay. So they tried to write the script. So many versions of the script exist that you can even find, but so many rewrites and tries and dumb ideas to the point where this is a dumb plot. The plot. Uh, we'll keep going. This yeah, is a dumb yeah. plot, but compared oh, yeah. to the things that were on the table, this is a brilliant plot. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Yes. There was Freddy cults and there was, it was just it was a complete utter nonsense. Well, the Freddy cult sounds like it could be a good concept Does if done right. Do you think they were going to do it right? Oh no, I have no faith that anyone would do it right. The central plot of I this like the idea. is that everyone's forgotten Freddy Krueger because this I like. This actually does tie into some Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, even though the movie doesn't feel like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Parents wanting to suppress the memory of Freddy. That's how you defeat him. They kind of win until Freddy figures out, oh, if I just have people start asking questions about who's murdering people, yeah. they'll bring me back. That's not a terrible plot. No. I bring this giant brute to life, yeah. this murderous machine, right. and let him loose and take credit. I and liked how Freddy didn't have full power. He couldn't do anything. He was impotent. and he That couldn't. was fun. Hey, was that John Ritter's kid? Yes. Okay. Jason Ritter, I yes. believe his name is. Yep. And then... The main girl was from Monica Kino. Monica Kino is from Undeclared, if I recall, yes. with Seth Rogen and Jay Barishaw. You are correct. Charlie. And then I remember liking her because she was in a bunch of the stuff I was watching. I like back her in then. this. She's she gets the dumbest line in film history, which what? is the dumbest line in film history. Freddy fight died by fire, Jason by water. Oh. How do we use that? Oh yeah, ooh, that was rough. But here's the thing about that line. Oof, it's stupid. It's stupid, but. It covers the fact that something far dumber is going on in the same scene. It is completely impossible that these characters have guessed Freddy's plot. <laughs> no, but they sit there and they go, you're right. what if you needed Jason to kill people so that he could bring his powers back? That's There's right. zero chance. Was but they distract you with something dumber so that you don't think about the giant plot hole. That is, how did they figure this out? Nobody, give yourself a million guesses. Are you going to be like, well, what if you needed to bring Jason so that people would remember it? Like, nobody's going to guess that. It's it's the old oh I peed my pants so quick dump water on myself to it's hide so me. Dumb. We get uh, Jason in the suburbs for most of the movie, which doesn't feel right at all. This should have been Freddy versus Michael Myers. It doesn't. It just doesn't work for me at all. That he's walking around the suburbs. Oh, that's true. He belongs in the. Oh, you know what? At one point watching that movie, I thought it was Michael Myers, and I forgot it was him with the hockey mask. I was like, oh yeah, wrong guy. Because the suburbs is this is the Scare Value podcast. <laughs> Scare Value podcast where I don't remember who my main villain is. But he did fit more in the suburbs, so I understand your point. It was very strange to me watching him walk. Now, there's the awesome cornfield kills on fire. That's good stuff. That's that good was, stunt work. That was really good. So the one thing you can appreciate about those movies is like the classic stunt work. And this is a long, on-fire, awesome kill. Right. Just walking through with everything aflame. Also, had there's a couple really good kills in the movie. I had my favorite one where Freddy's about to kill uh, their friend, and then Jason in, in the dream, and Jason gets her in real life, and then her, her, her chest explodes on him because he got yes. she got. I love that. I would like to say that I felt so bad for that character. Yeah, because that's Catherine Isabel from uh, Ginger Snaps. I never saw Ginger Snaps. Great movie. Is that a werewolf one? Yes, I want to see that movie. It's a great one. Okay, I believe it. It's it's one of the ones on my list. I got a big backlog of werewolf stuff I want to watch. So one of these days, I'm going to watch a bunch of werewolf movies, and we're going to have to talk about. I it. I think you have to watch them over a three night period. No. Going to watch them all at once, as long as they're 90 minutes we'll do a or less. episode at some point, sure. Hey, this movie is in the 90-minute range, 
within shouting distance of it. So that's it. I didn't even check. I, that. you know, I check these things. I check these things all the time and it is. So I was very happy. Nice. So I forgot what my point was. You felt bad for her character. I felt bad for her character because she clearly comes from like, just based on her behavior with her boyfriend in abused household, you know, you learn that she's got this like ingrained behavior to just follow. So she watches him get murdered, watches the friend get murdered. Awesome murder. Folded backwards in the bed. Then thumbs up. She's clearly traumatized. And then while she's getting, you know, using the abuse, Freddie's using the abuse to take her into the dream. She's getting raped and then she's murdered. Yes. The end. I felt awful. It's pretty bad. Just terrible. This poor girl. It's a pretty bad. She had a pretty bad run of it. (laughs) She really did. I don't know. I get that they brought in all the characters you want to hate. You know, they don't really like, oh, here's our druggie. Here's our drunk. Here's. But I really, the drinking was clearly just a way to cope with her horrible abuse of home life. Yes. Do you think that 20 years ago you watched movies like that? Or is this just now as you're a full on adult that you look at things like through the lens of what life can do to you? (laughs) Well, I don't remember any part of that movie from 20 years ago, again, aside from the sad, tragic death of... We'll get to that. Right. And the very end where Freddy's winking at you. Yeah. I remember being super disappointed that it was not Versus Ash from Evil Dead. Right. That was the movie I wanted to watch. But yeah, I don't know. I don't believe that I've watched movies like that back then. No, I don't think I did either. But oof, it's tough. The... Uh, the the Jason Mewes character, not played by Jason Mewes, very the most- Clearly a Jay and Silent Bob. How did they get away with this? I feel like there was a... I don't know. That was clearly Jason Mewes. How did they get away with this? He's just dressed like Jason Mewes at the peak of... Well, I guess Jason. it wasn't the peak, but it was just past the peak of, of the, the Viewisk universe. Jay and Silent Bob movies. Okay. This, is, this would have been the year after. I think this would have been the year after uh, Jay and Silent Bob Straight, straight Back. back. Okay. So it would have been at what the time. What year was this? Ought four? 2003. Oh, well, yeah. Pete, it's 20 years ago. What year is it now? October. October? Already? Oh, I better get my shower ready. Um, in the document, there's two documentaries made by the same, if it's a guy or a group of people. Uh, one that's like a long four-hour Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective. And then there's like a 10-hour or eight-hour uh, Friday the 13th retrospective. So they talk about this movie twice. So they get some of the same talking heads, some different talking heads. Uh, one time, and one of them, Jason Mewes pops up at the end to talk about how he enjoyed playing the movie. He's like, wait a minute, that wasn't me. And then he That's just gets fantastic. up and walks out. That was hilarious. Uh, because it's ridiculous right. that, that he's just been ripped <laughs> That's off. really good, though. It, it's a great joke. Uh, was it worth 10 hours of watching the documentary? I, I love though? that documentary. Okay. I love it. The uh, Crystal Lake Memories is the documentary. I love it. Um, okay. So Crystal Lake Memories, everyone. Check it out. It's fantastic. According to Brian. It's fantastic. It's like you spend 30 to 45 minutes on each movie. I feel like they could have gone longer. And there is a bonus disc somewhere around there that has extended stuff for all of them because there's a lot to talk about. But they get most of the people you you can get uh, into the things. Like, you couldn't get Kevin Bacon to do it. But, you know, Corey Feldman does it. You couldn't get Crispin Glover. Like, the the the, the, the guys that really broke through didn't get down there. But really? you get to hear from every final girl. You get to hear from... Uh, all the people that played Jason that were still alive, or I think they were all alive at the time. But it's it's you get kind of you get all the directors. It's oh. pretty great. All right. It's how's it, the Freddy one? It's not as good, but it's very good. I like Robert Englund a lot. You know what's good about the Freddy one is Robert Englund's excellent on the documentary because he's so interesting to listen to. Yeah, and I he played the character for so long. I've seen him in interviews, but you also get Wes Craven, and when he's talking about his own movies, he's so 
you know, interesting and smart and pro- professorial and, and just interesting to listen to. And then you get to any movie he wasn't in. He's like, yeah, I hated that one. And like, that's his entire comment was like, not what I would have done. Good for him. It's, it's super, super fun to watch. Raven. Just being catty. You just watch each episode, each movie and wait for him to pop up and be like, yeah, they had him just walking around in the daylight. I didn't get it. And like, I love it. I love it. The, one of the things I had with Freddy versus Jason is, well, first off, they, I feel like they did a nice job with the, the backstory. To the point where, you know, all of this stuff happened where they're talking about suppressing the dreams yes. and the, the characters clearly know each other. I started to think that this was a sequel to something that I forgot I watched as well. And That's I knew thing. it wasn't. It, it feels, it doesn't feel like either either series feels, but it understands both series enough that you can be like, oh, okay, this is like an alternate reality universe. Here's the thing. Freddy Krueger in 1984 is trying to kill the children of the people that killed him, which okay. would have only been a couple years earlier. Right. It's now 2003. Is he trying to kill their grandchildren? I think it's just the whole town now. I it's guess. All the kids, right? I think they lost the plot on that somewhere. But at some point, and again, I'm sorry, it's been a long time since I've seen these movies. He He's not killing the kids anymore, right? There, it, there's six of these, five of these movies. Okay, he's just so killing everyone. From one through three, he's trying to kill the Elm Street, quote unquote, Elm Street kids that are all the descendants. One of through the, three? You said? One through three. Halfway through four, he runs out of the kids. Because he's killed everyone. And <laughs> they're no longer, everyone. they're like six. So and they, they can't breathe. He yet. opens up the door to other people that he can kill in the town. So now he's expanded to the town. All right. So but then you go. get to six, he's killed everybody in the town. So what like the there hell is, happened in six? There actually is a through line. Well, they get, they get to the main characters. It's connected to a child that he had that didn't know that they were Freddy Krueger's Freddy Krueger had a child? Before he was turned into Freddy Krueger. Before Kruger. he killed all the children? Yes. Well, as he was killing other children. So oh, I vaguely remember this now. They travel to the town, and the town is completely void of children. And like, it, there's an actual like, interesting through line of the Freddy Krueger series, because eventually he wins, and he runs out of people. Right. So and what do we do? Well, 2003, we repopulated the town, and... I, these are their grandchildren who had who birthed these children. They all just move here. Seems unfair. Property, Seems unfair. Property prices when you know everything's empty. You get some good value. You know, what? I don't always vote Republican, but I was on board with his platform until he started killing the children that weren't involved with his uh, his own execution. <laughs> that was that was a step too far. You win some, you lose some. What are you going to do? He's leading though for the twenty twenty four nomination. Well, I would imagine, yeah. uh, but. What I would guess after that point I was making was it was a weird thing because I remember going into this wanting the verses and I know we got to set it up, but at no point did I really care about any of these, the, the people characters. They were just thinly thrown on to me. Like I'm that sorry. was the feeling I had. I'm sorry. Do but, I need to play the boys to men song again? No, I guess not. There was one, but you know what? I didn't care about the character till his sad death. No, there's no reason to care about anybody I, until the said death. No, that's why it was so unexpected. It's just out of nowhere. All of a sudden, I have a moment where I connect with one of these people, which I have, even Monica Kina, who I like. I'm like, eh. It seems strange to think back 20 years ago and remember the exact moment when Linderman when we reached out and he saw the blood coming from him. And I just sat in the theater and I went, huh. Like, <laughs> what? Why is this this way? He doesn't get decapitated. He doesn't get uh, run through by a thing. He doesn't get caught by Freddy. He just gets thrown into a tree. Bleeds out, but not until he tells Destiny's Child number two. I don't remember Kia in the movie. That's right. I don't remember. Which, I don't remember her name either. Kelly Rowland. Kelly Rowland, who gets the unfortunate dialogue that does not hold up very well. 
Oh, that's right. Wow. Oh, but, Ooh, that's but unfortunate. To be fair, Freddie gives some back to her because his his classic how sweet fresh meat is turned into a racist lie. <laughs> yep. Uh, so to, I guess they deserved each to other. To be perfectly fair, I'm surprised that Freddy Krueger wasn't more racist. Like somebody who lives in a boiler room murdering children seems like he'd you know, swing that way. That none of that none of that bothered me, but I was really disappointed with the uh, the the the, uh, the racism. <laughs> Really, that was the thing. I it's like it. how it's like how people got mad at Billy Loomis in the last two screen movies ago when they found out he had cheated on Sydney, and I'm like, he also killed her mother and tried to kill her. But that that we understand, that we accept. That is a weird fanfic thing. I think, right? It's that, very strange because it's shipping to a, like a new level where it's just colored your retroactively yes. your view of the character. Some people talk about the Scream 2022, and they're just like, he cheated on her, and I'm like, that's. I mean. That's he just also a start, buddy. He also killed her mother, but, like know, for starters. But you know, remember that hair that hung over his eyes? He was dreamy. He was not just dreamy, but he always was like just so broken, and he needed to be fixed. Like, and the loner. Uh, but to that was it. That was my whole point. That it was really I was waiting for the fight, and the fight was a slow build, so it was disappointing at the end. The first time when I watched this twenty years ago. It was not what I wanted to see at the theater at the time, right. but I was still excited because I got a Freddy versus Jason fight. Yeah, I is... think this would date back to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, 1943, because that was the first I can think of. They called it a monster rally, but the crossover of characters that at the time would have been, although same kind of deal. Frankenstein, no, they continued the Frankenstein movies. I guess it's not fair. I just feel like he wasn't relevant since 1935, but they were still making movies with him in it. Okay. So you had two popular iconic universal monsters and then they just turn it into all kinds well, of jamborees yeah. then you have like the uh which didn't help. happen with this with this franchise yes, no it should have well i feel like this is just the start of all the film companies refusing to play nice well they i don't know how it was in the 90s but i know it's been i can't think of anything except for the spider-man that exists where well, they that, cross over we got king kong and godzilla now yeah but the, the, okay are they no oh his like, name is different in japanese but go to this one is this king kong they never call him King Kong once. Do they call him Kong? They call him Kong. Kong versus Godzilla. Kong Skull Island. Is it not King Kong? Is that what you are leading me to believe? I don't know. I oh. don't know who owns the rights to King Kong. If there's, you know, the, uh, Peter Jackson made that movie it, in 2005, so the rights probably belong to somebody. I don't. It might be the same kind of thing, just skirting around the, there are elements that we can use and there are elements we can't. This sounds like some internet research I'll have to do someday if I ever remember. We won't remember. We'll, we'll do a Godzilla movie at some point, maybe. Will it be Godzilla versus King Kong? That's a, that's not this one. There's a new one coming. It's not King Kong. They never mm. call him King I'm Kong. I'm going to make a movie called Godzilla versus King Kong. I think that existed in 1963. I know Sam has some King Kong Godzilla action figures because I bought them for him. I also so don't I know, know if it was here. 1963. I keep saying that, but I don't know if that's true. I'm going to go with yes. It feels like that's no. It feels like it had to be earlier because 40. What, no, 54. The first one came out. I don't think it took nine years to get to that. I think that's only the third movie in the series. You know way more about the history of horror than I'm ever going to know. I don't even know that this movie came out 20 years ago that we're trying to review right now. Pete, you, you exhibited you didn't know when 20 years ago was when you tried to guess what year this came out. I didn't know what year it was now. That's yeah. what I exhibited. Because um, I can do math backwards. Yeah. I just don't know. No, I can't do math backwards. Is I don't know backwards? Is that what you call subtraction? No, that's adding down. That's, that's how I learned how to do it. So let's get into the, the Linderman uh not the death the 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 character of linderman like he had a character yes. before his death yes oh really like Catherine isabella's me. character Catherine Isabella's character he's just a loser like he's just stuck in in a bad 
<laughs> I nothing, liked, nothing good ever happens to Linderman. I liked when they had to give Jason mouth to mouth. Yes. And he said, I have asthma. And then Jason Ritter said, he has asthma. Yeah, it's a good, it was a good, that was pretty solid. Uh, Unexpectedly funny. That was his character trait is he had asthma and he could never win. Okay. And See, he, I remember the asthma now. That was it. That was his character. I don't, I don't believe that there was a never win trait. I think he was too one dimensional and asthma was his dimension. Yep. I guess that's true. Who was the other? Oh, the uh, there's one other character because Freddy gets to kill one person. Freddy gets to kill one per. Oh, because he was in Dreamland. Who the hell did Freddy kill? That's a, I just watched this movie minute before he, you got here. Yeah, let me think first. He second. haunts him with his brother's suicide. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, his friend there. I could never. I can never remember his friend. He's very unmemorable. No, but I feel like I've seen him in other like late ninety, early aught movies. There were a bunch of them. The cop, the cop who joined their side there, yes, yeah, he yeah. was a guy. I think he was from, a guy that was in this, yeah. like Dead Man on Campus, maybe or Probably. Idle Hands, something like that. Yeah, he was he was around a lot back then. I forgot that he was there, and then I forgot that he died. But you're right. I, I, only, I don't remember how the cop died at all. He got electrocuted four days ago. He was just walking past a Jason who was electrocuting himself because he had macheted a control panel because that's how that works. Yeah. And then he tried to walk fast and he got grabbed. He got got by Jason. I just want to say that it is ridiculous that Jason Voorhees is afraid of water. Why is it ridiculous? Because it it, makes sense. In most movies, he is in the water. He's in J6 Manhattan. He basically walks the ocean floor to get to where where they're going. He's never been afraid of water. He's constantly going in the water. He spends most of his time in the water. Well, we're in the new universe now. Things have changed. We have new fears. We have new hopes. I guess I get it from a Freddy's dream world perspective that that could be the thing that frightens him. But you're going to turn like a shower on around him and then he's trapped in a jail. I don't believe so. How did he get out? I don't remember. I don't remember either. That doesn't speak well of a movie. If I, I can't remember something I watched literally an hour ago. I didn't enjoy their battle in dream world. I did enjoy their battle on in Earth. A hundred percent. It was great and bloody now, and Michael, violent. Was this a comic book at any point that they pulled from? Because, Maybe afterwards. Well, I'm just thinking the part where Freddy's jumping out of the lake, you know, out of the Crystal Lab and Pier, Crystal Lake Pier, Crystal Lab, and that's like a cabin and a lake, a labin. <laughs> so anyway, it's all red and he's jumping out of the water, and it's like it, it looks, it has that feel of the comic book movies where they've taken panels and. Because it's almost like slow motion, him jumping out. So it looked like a comic book to me. That's all. But it's a memorable scene. I don't think it was a comic until after, adapted till after. Well, okay. I was just curious. Because, again, they, they spent a long time trying to write a script that could get past thing. Which is why I wondered. But that is the noise of my children being home. Yeah. No. So it's distracting. The, the what final are they doing? fight. They pounded on something there? Probably. And I asked them specifically to be quiet, so this is how... They made it a long time. They really did. We talked let's, a We lot. say they. That's not Fred. No. We know which one it is. We're going to have them on the podcast very At soon. At some point, if we can make them live long enough. But the final fight, you're right. Real world was it. where it was. Every part of it was fun, though. The propane tanks. The helium tanks. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been oxygen. Oh, whatever they were, he was launching all yep. that. Jason, that was cool. You know what I realized, and I knew this, and I remember it from the first time. Is Freddie is a showboating son of a bitch. Yep. he wants just the attention. He wants to be the star. I'm glad you brought this up because this is Robert Englund's last time. Like I said, part of the perform, he's always great. Oh, of course. The part of the performance where he's not yelling is excellent. 
but he does a lot of yelling in this movie and it's too much it it gets a little long because it makes sense that jason would win the fight if you're looking to declare a winner because jason was just focused again freddie this is godzilla versus king kong like the kong versus godzilla movie where of course godzilla wins he's a singular focused thing designed with one purpose stay on his emotions and feelings right stay on target we told luke this Kong, knew it. Kong has a weakness. So does Freddy. Yep. I mean, their weaknesses are different. I think Kong maybe cares about other things. Yeah. And Freddy just wants to be the center of attention. Yeah. And he really, really likes one-liners. That's like when he's, and sometimes they're great. When he's, when he's doing the, you know, just the, even the opening narration where he's like, you know, they forgot about me. That's good stuff. Of course. But then he spends most of it going, over here. And I'm like, oh, it's too much. It's too much, man. Dial he, it down. He is 100% a quantity over quality yes. person. He's going to throw everything out there and see what sticks. He but it makes him unique, and that's why we love him. Well, Chucky does it too. But I haven't seen a Chucky movie in a very long time. I got to watch. You've given me the list. I got to watch. The, the Chucky movies are Brad Dorff just just being great. And this oh, is Robert Englund being great. Yep. So. Brad Dorff does Chucky in every movie except that remake. Okay. Every, including the TV show. All He's right. been doing that's it for... the one I want to watch. The Bride of Chucky and that's the it. Seed of Chucky. Bride that. of Chucky, directed by the same director as Freddy vs. Jason, Ronnie Yu. Really? Yep. Look at me, bringing in things. I yep. knew that. I and you know who's in Bride of Chucky? Oh. Jason Ritter's father. Uh, Billy Ritter? <laughs> yes, the late Billy Ritter. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember when John Cash died? First? The same day as John. Was it the yeah. same day? Same day. Well... Might have been nighttime on the 11th, okay. early on the 12th. Right. Somewhere and I remember Johnny Cash died, and we were sad, as Johnny Cash fans were. And then all the coverage went to John Ritter. And you said it. As soon as you just, you're like, well, this is great. And you very surly-faced looked at me and said, now they're going to talk about John Ritter. I love John Ritter. It's just that sometimes a person deserves more. And obviously, John Ritter dying was much more shocking than, than Johnny Cash, who's been in poor health. But... I just think some people are legends that deserve to have the whole week devoted to them in stories. I am not going to lie. I don't remember. I have no attachment to John Ritter. I was not a Three's Company oh, person. I, I liked I'm, that growing up. I vaguely remember him. It's not. It's he was on Buffy once, remember that? No, I don't. He was on Buffy. Played a robot. He was on Scrubs. Oh, he did play a robot yep. on Buffy. He was on Scrubs. Died yep. while Scrubs was running. Yes, and then they talked about it on the show. Yep. Um, no, he was also in a movie, Problem Child, perhaps? Yep. Yeah. That's where I remember John. So I was more concerned with Johnny Cash dying. Oh, me too. All right. Nothing against John Ritter. Which, Nothing again, I, he's fantastic. If you ever watch Three's Company, he's fantastic. I mean, he's one of those characters we've talked about before, like Bill Murray and Meatballs and other characters, Bill Murray and anything, where so Bill Murray, you basically. watch it and you go, you can't get away with this. It's it's like half the show is just him doing a Benny Hill sketch where he's chasing half-naked women around the apartment. <laughs> Maybe I should watch this. And then falling over. The, oh, it's he's got some Dick Van Dyke in there. It's great. It's like I'm, if Dick Van Dyke was a pervert. I'm not going to watch Three's Company. I don't. I have, my list is too long, sir. No, it's just... Uh, it's he's so good in it that he gets away with. He's so charming and charismatic that you just forget that you kind of just forget that everything in his life is a lie and he's a sex pervert. Wait, time out. Did his son survive at the end of this movie? Him and Monica Kina? Yes. I don't. Well, who knows? I don't because there was just a big explosion, right? The alternate ending. Oh, there was an alternate ending that tested poorly, so they took it off. Where this time you don't really see what happens to them after the fight, which you don't need to. Um, the alternate one, they're in bed together. And they're back together, and then he turns into Freddy and is about to slash her, and then the movie ends, which I think is a fine ending. I don't know. It's so bad. It seems more typical for a Friday the 13th movie. I think the reason they didn't want to do that is that it, it gave the complete impression that Freddy won, 
Whereas this gives you an out. You can pick what you can choose your own oh, adventure. On absolutely. This one. Oh, choose your own ending, which you've complained that you don't get to do. This one is a literal choose your own ending. Yeah. I mean, clearly Freddy won though, because he's <laughs> that wink is, uh, I've got him. I'm, I'm in the dream world. I thought it was more a wink at the audience saying, Hey, I'll be back. Who cares? But he wouldn't be back. No, that's the sad part. This is the thing. This Not is as sad as the death of whatever that nerd's name was. Linderman. Linderman. All right. I'm calling him something else, and I've been calling him that for 20 years, so I'm probably going to say that again. The only, Nerdlinger. That's the what only, I keep calling him. The only Jason movie that came out after this was the 2009 remake, and the only Freddy movie that came out after this was the 2010 remake. This but, is the end of the main line for both of them. So, Freddy versus Jason is the last stop. This is For it. both of them, even though it's taking place... For for Jason, eighteen years after his peak, seven or nineteen years after his peak, and for Freddie, fifteen years after his peak, it's taking place in a completely different era. They don't belong. I've argued this. Freddie maybe works a little better because Wes Craven's Nightmare was so interesting, but it did come after two pretty bad movies. But, but uh, f- I don't think Jason Voorhees' character has ever worked once outside of the eighties. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It I'm going to argue Jason X is fantastic. But it does it's not. Dude. It is a fun movie that I saw in a theater that was completely empty, and it, he smelled fornication, and it made him wake up and kill people again, but in space. The effects of Freddy vs. Jason still hold up 20 years later. Nothing in Jason X's effects work. Well, I saw it 20 years ago, so the effects were pretty good back then. I, You know, Freddy vs. Jason never got a sequel. They wanted to do Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash. Yeah, they wanted to do. They wanted to bring in your pinheads and your cinnabites, which I don't know how that would even work. But I've only ever seen the first Hellraiser movie, so I don't know their universe very well. Here's a question, because this is something I saw online, and I've for somehow I've there's we've discussed before if Godzilla could raise Mjolnir. Yes, <laughs> which I say he could. I, Not the original 1954 version, but the one that we've seen for Mjolnir, most of the time. Thor's hammer. You have to be worthy to pick it up. Yes, everybody listening to this knows what Mjolnir is. Well, we might have a new listener. Everybody listening to this knows what Mjolnir is. <laughs> we don't have any listeners. We do. Uh, I don't believe. So. I think that Godzilla could lift it because he's unselfish in his desire to save humanity or save the world at least over and over again. I don't think he cares about people, but he cares about the world. I don't even know that he cares about the world. He's just he asks for nothing in return. Right? He wants. He's like just don't take it over, big monsters. It's mine. So here's the new one. Could any of these slasher killers? stand a chance against Superman. <laughs> Which sounds like, of course they couldn't. But then you think, well, Freddy's got him in a dream where he doesn't I have was, his powers. I was going to say Freddy Krueger. But I thought about a that. simple get. I thought about that. Because magic is the one thing that he's susceptible to Superman. Oh, really. Superman? Yes. That's his main... I mean, kryptonite, obviously, but... I was going to say. Magic. He's, I don't remember he struggles green with spells. He struggles with magic. Isn't characters. that one of the lanterns? A different color, though? I don't know if there's other color. Red lantern. Yeah, there's a yellow lantern. I think yellow's evil. I watched that Ryan Reynolds movie once. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I don't remember it um, though. So, Freddy could get him in the dream world, but then I thought about that, and every one of these Freddy movies ends with somebody who's much dumber than Superman figuring out how to survive him and, and take him out. Well, his plots are super easy to deduce. They yeah. did it, you know, in this movie right away. The so kids figured. Out. I guess he'd put him in like a nightmare of Krypton exploding and losing his parents, and then. He'd just be like over in the corner trying to do one liners, and Superman would be like, "Oh, I wake up now," <laughs> and, then I, and, then he, and then he burns him to death again, again a second time. But with his laser eyes. But time. I think the Cenobites could get Superman because they, the Leviathan brings them back all the time anyway. So I feel like they're unkillable. What's the Leviathan? It's all the lore of oh, okay. the Cenobites. I feel like they get brought brought back no matter what, 
and they'd enjoy the pain, and Superman would never try to kill them anyway. So I feel like this, they, they would lo- he would lose eventually. They'd wear him down. Maybe. But didn't Doomsday defeat Superman, and he's basically a Jason? Yeah, I guess so. Just Oh, no, because Doomsday died and came back stronger. Jason, well, what, that, Jason that is, I guess, comes back. Superman died by Doomsday, Jason by water. How can we use that? Hmm. Good question, Monica Kina. <laughs> That's like the worst line of all. Time. I don't know how. He, I mean, I've never been an actor. I never will be an actor. I was an actor one time, and I could not. I was supposed to. My job was working at a movie theater selling tickets. And <laughs> I've seen job, you do that in real life, though. Why would they cast you? I, well, it, it was clear that they shouldn't because my job was to sell the tickets to the actor. Yeah. And I just stared at the camera the whole time, and I wouldn't take my eyes, and nothing made me stop. So they made me go stand in the corner. The only reason I was allowed to do this was because I worked at the theater, and we could film at the theater. Nice. But I got cut from the uh, production. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I've worked with you once on a, a project where you all you had to do was read a comic book, and you decided to start disco dancing in the background of the shots. <laughs> I Was this for... Yeah, I have a problem with my acting. <laughs> Yes, you do. Because uh, well, clearly I'm better. I've never been an actor, and I don't know what you can get away with. I mean, if you're Tom Cruise, you can say, I'm not doing this line, we're doing something else. If, if you're Monica Kina in 2003, you can't. But I would get that script and be like, hold on. There has- I, I have some concerns with my character. But again, Because she's been that- in both documentaries. She clearly cared about the movie. She, she really enjoyed being a part of it. And she seems she comes off really you know, lovely as like you know somebody who embraces that aspect of their career, which sometimes people don't. So Kevin she, Bacon, I'm looking at you. Yeah, yeah. You, you know. Uh, so did he just show up in that Marvel Christmas special because he was paid? I'm, well, he's good in it. Did you see it? Yeah, I watched it. The yeah, that part Christmas in there or where whatever. the part in there where Batista says uh, or Drax says, you know, he defeated Jason Voorhees, and I was just like, he's not in the movie with Jason Voorhees. He's in the movie with Mrs. Voorhees, and it bothered me that Kevin Bacon like went along with it like it was true, and then I thought about it. I was like, he probably doesn't even remember. Well, see, I'm looking at you, Kevin Bacon. Be proud of what you're a part of. I know. And he's, you know, it was, yeah. I think that was right after um, uh, Animal House. He, he had a small role on Animal House. Right. And before Footloose was like the next year. So, like, I guess that that's part you don't want to remember because everything for him is probably post Footloose anyway. And yet another reason why Kevin Bacon is worse than Nicolas Cage. But I do like Kevin Bacon. Not as much as Nicolas Cage. Nope. Well, no, but I like well, I like Kevin Bacon. I like that I'm slowly infecting you with Nicolas Cage. Well, I mean, this list from IGN is pretty good. We, we, we've been doing this podcast a while now, and for no reason I brought up Nicolas Cage. And <laughs> for no reason. Like, are you under the impression that before the beginning of this podcast, you'd never brought up Nicolas Cage before? I, I'm not going to lie. I was under that impression. I, oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. So, this is the fulfillment of You talk of my- about Nicolas Cage more than you talk about your children. Where do they grow life? <laughs> the app, oh, I'm speechless. You've rendered me with no words. <laughs> I guess this is the fulfillment of a lifelong dream of mine to have a podcast just to talk about stuff I know about Nicolas Cage and wait for people to tell me stuff about Nicolas Cage. I think it was like the third episode of this podcast where you just out of nowhere started talking about Nicolas Cage. Like you hijacked it immediately, and now it's a part of the part of the show. Right, and now you're like Nicolas Cage. What an actor! The actor of all actors. Who's that Brando fella? We have we have two Olivier. We have two standard things at the top of the show, one of which I've introduced because I make a lot of mistakes on the podcast. The other one you introduce is because we have to talk about Nicolas Cage. And if I don't make you get it out of your system, this this happens. 
All right. I guess I don't know why we're there. I apologize. I'll no, it's fine. I will save up this Nicholas Cage for next time. It's just the, those are our contributions to the, the, the format. To the horror uh, <laughs> cinema. We, when we started, we had verse. no format. The format is we talk about Nicholas Cage a lot. Nah. Well, a you good make actor. me do Nicholas Cage research because I know you wouldn't have done any. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have any Nicholas Cage yeah. research. Jumping back though, because I wanted to talk about it while we were talking about the fight in the real world. The just every scene, uh, you know, with the propane or oxygen or helium or whatever they were shooting at each other. It's inflammable. That's all you need. Or flammable. Inflammable. Who knew that flammable means inflammable? I'm Dr. Nick Riviera it's from better. The Simpsons. Sometimes it's better when you say their name after the impression. Well, that's that's how I do all my impressions. I will state my line and then say who I am. By Menon. Okay. The the other things. The tire, the iron rods that got dunked yes, on Jason stand up, awesome. Just the bouncing again, the showboating nature of the big, slow bouncing whatever. The ineptitude of poor Freddie, where his grandstanding gets in the way, where the big crate gets stuck on the ramp down to the trestle yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, nerds, and then he gets he trips and he's caught it's, by his it, ankle. It's fun to do Freddie impressions, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. He's really, Jason doesn't talk, no. so there's nothing you can do. Maybe that's why. It would have been a very boring fight if you don't have Freddy. Just imagine a Michael Myers versus Jason. They just silently stab at each other. You know what, though? Half the time Freddy's talking in this movie, I would have been. I would have preferred the, the silent killer. But again, he's a quantity guy. I mean, Kong and Godzilla don't talk. Well, I guess Godzilla goes, or whatever he does. That's right. Kong, does Kong bellow very much? I don't know that he does. I think he kind of huffs. Like, <laughs> I think you get a lot <laughs> of that. That's a really good Kong impression. I think, I think that was... And the Ooh, chest pound. I think that's what you get a lot of. Right. And Godzilla screams, then blows things up with his radioactive fire. Yeah, I can't do his impression. All right. No, I can't either. I'm not even going to try. I would have liked a Freddy versus Chucky just to see how many lines of dialogue there are in that movie. It would be not. Is Robert England dead now? No. Okay. Well, then. He's in that. You asked me before this movie started, what, before this podcast started, what the movie Natty Knox was about. It has Robert England in it. Well, you said it was a movie. It's. I think you said it's a horror movie. I said, no, do you remember exactly what I said to you? I said, there's a review Clearly website I where don't. you could go to it and, and read what it's about because that review was up weeks ago. But then I said, I'm talking to you now, so why are you making me do things? I be- do you remember that part no, of the conversation? Robert Englund is alive. He's retired the character. I believe oh. the last time he played it was on an episode of The Goldbergs. I've never seen that show, but where he came back as Freddy. He came back as Freddy and then has a run-in with the mother. And it was, you know, for Goldberg's late season Goldberg episode, it wasn't that bad because Robert Englund's in it. So I guess that's technically his last appearance then. I think that is his last appearance. And uh, is I, that I better or worse than being in Freddy versus Jason as your last appearance? You know, because it was so far after, it's perfectly fine. You can, what can you, you can't hurt the character's legacy anymore. You no, know, I, I mean, just—I just mean, ironically, for an ending, a little period on it. They a treated character. it with enough respect, honestly, because it was basically about a kid who had seen that movie too young, like I did, and then was having nightmares about him. And then it's—it's not—they treated it with enough respect, as far as you could, on an ABC sitcom. That jumps back to a thought that I had was—I think I probably mentioned it on the podcast before. I don't know that any like Freddie doesn't hold up for kid like he's not around enough jason the hockey mask is iconic yeah. so it sticks the michael myers people seem to get that for some reason i, I look at my son who who knows these freddie he gets and that's that's well, about freddie's a harder costume to pull off you got to have a like a rubber mask on as opposed to just like yeah maybe it's the i guess the, i guess the so's the michael myers one it just seems so much more 
complicated. Right. But Jason, it's simple. You throw on a hockey mask, you get a jumpsuit or just flannel, whatever you want to pick, and you're Jason as long as you have that hockey mask. I think for the purposes of Halloween dress up or neighborhood dress up, like you're talking about. Yeah. The cool thing about playing Jason or Michael Myers is you don't have to talk to be creepy. Yep, and the but the long that's made the longevity like yeah. that. Even without having seen the movies and not having a new movie for you know but, however long. But isn't that part of it? Like, there's been Michael Myers has been popular recently. Well, okay, that could be the Michael Myers. Yes, these two it. haven't been. But the one Sam wants to be for Halloween is Michael Myers. Not Michael Myers. Jason. He wants to be Jason. He wants the hockey mask. He's at one point, he had different height. He hasn't seen any of these movies. He's seven years old. He had versions of the hockey masks from different films, and he was trying to figure out which one he wanted to make to be. And he's never seen these movies. Freddy, like you said, maybe it is. The costume it's is too just elaborate. too much. And it's so his character isn't continuing. Also, on. he's a child molester. <laughs> was he a molester? Uh, depends on which canon you read. I think is, he originally was. They pulled some of that out. So it's like, oh, he's just a child murderer. Because I kind of remember that he was in the original. But, by the remake, he was a child molester again. Oh, I think okay. he was. I think. I think he was. I. It, I would assume so because yeah. it I was think, a pretty awful character at the beginning. Why do I like him in his one liner? He is a monster. I think we can change him. You think so? Has I he got that Billy Loomis look? You know. Yeah. Mm, I hope he's not cheating. That's the thing about Freddy is like he's got something that the other two main ones don't have. He's charismatic, and uh, I think I've seen before there were like you know lists you know like uh, fuck Mary kill. Yes. And people are like... They started that at the beginning of this movie. Yes. With, I don't remember... So, this, yes, fuck, Mary kill, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and... I'm and never going to... Freddy Krueger. Well, clearly I'm going to marry... Mm, I don't know. Do you have one already trotted out? Have you thought about this? Because i got to give this a ponder. All yeah, right, I, I, I know what I'd do. All right, you lay it on me first. I would, kill, I would kill Freddy, because I know... Unbearable to live with? Uh, that was the thought I had. Like, think long term. Can you just imagine, like... Like shut off the lights, bitch! It's like I don't, I don't need to hear this every day of my life. You know what I mean? I don't know. Now I'm starting to swing back to the pro category for him. Uh, I would marry, I would marry Jason because he's the tenderest of the bunch. I think he does seem to have almost moments of remorse. And I feel like Michael Myers' intensity. You could throw you a good one. Okay. (laughs) So that's where I would go. I. Boy, you know, I'm going to kill Michael Myers because he's just going to kill me. I know that no matter what. Yeah. I'm going to marry Freddie. I was sold. I can imagine living with that all day. And I, you know what the problem is? I believe that that is what Kitty experiences married to me is is that same thing. So maybe I'd like to try it. I'd like to see what it's like to be married to me. She doesn't seem happy. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll get to find that out and I'll owe Kitty an apology. So it leaves me who? It leaves me uh, Jason, who I would just fuck. Eh, I guess I'd fuck Jason. Right? I feel like he'd smell the worst of the bunch. <laughs> he probably would. but He's also been a zombie most of the time. But, you know, that kind of gives me that mermaid kind of feel, too, in case I ever wanted to. Merman. Re- merman dead. Merman. merman. Uh, they did, uh, because it's relevant to 2003, obviously, uh, teen girls sitting around doing fuck, Mary kill about three stooges. <laughs> that was a weird intro. This is what happens when movies about teens are written by old people. By 80-year-olds? Because back 20 years ago, the Three Stooges were an ancient thing. Like, it yes. wasn't relevant. 100%. Uh, so do Larry Moe and Curly. You got to marry Curly. There's no doubt about it. Well, yeah. He's the sweetest. Yeah. Uh, the question is, uh, the question is, if it really comes down to if you're a top or a bottom for Larry and Mo. Well, I'm going to kill Larry. He was always the most annoying to me. I don't know yeah. why. So you're a bottom. I guess so. Yeah. Power bottom, though. I generate all the thrust. Yeah. The force. I think I agree with your assessment. Yeah, but I agree with you. Curly is the obvious choice. Uh, you have to. He's uh, cuddly. Does Shemp fit into it? 
Uh, you can cheat with Jim. Okay. And then, obviously, I'm taking Curly. I, I'm taking Curly Joe. Curly, Curly Joe. Joe Besser, everyone's favorite. I don't know who that is. I don't either. <laughs> I just know that there was more people that, that had to jump in because everybody died. Oh, everyone would play. Oh, that's right. I knew things. Okay. So let's just wrap up the uh, Freddy versus Jason talk. I like talk. that you forgot. So your final assessment of this movie. And it's good. It's a, it's a good, it's a, it's a three star good time to watch. Doesn't reinvent the wheel. Doesn't change anything. But if you just want to sit back and have like an entertaining, you know, dumb characters that get killed in some fun ways. There's actually some fun kills in this movie. There are. And, you know, this is the last time you see Robert Englund. I think that's cool. Aside uh, from that episode of the Goldbergs. Aside from the episode of the Goldbergs. Uh, I think that's cool. And Jason's stuff is always good. I, I don't disagree. I think it's a fine movie. I, I think it's all right. It's, you not know, it's a slight... either series. Not the worst in either series. Hey, if you were too young or you weren't alive in the aughts... Yeah, you might not care. You might not care, but... No, if, if you weren't alive in the 80s, you might not care. It is a time capsule look of, hey, look what we were doing in 2003. It is, but... It's a higher end version because a lot of those early two thousands movies, uh, horror movies, don't hold up as well as this one did. I think. Do they have the same soundtrack? No, oh, they all have the same soundtrack. Oh, all right then. But I don't think they hold up as well the visuals. And this is the stamp of the arts. It's a clean movie, which is the the, the effects work still. It's a clean movie that, that works for me. And they use practical fire, and they, you know, there's a lot of good stuff in there. The digital stuff is what it is, like Freddy's arms popping back out. But it's a dream world. You can get away with that. Yep. I can accept it in the dream world. They did that shit in the real world. It wouldn't look as good. The real world got much more violent in a much more realistic way. Hey, I didn't even notice that, but you're right. I think the real world, I'd have to watch it again. So in 20 years, I'll, I'll give this one another gander and try to remember that you pay attention because the CGI maybe was less in the real world. Fight. Yeah, we'll schedule we'll schedule this podcast for uh, right. 2043. Put it on my calendar. Like you're going to be alive in 2043. No, I'm not. I don't think anyone will be alive. Global warming, my friend. All right, so it's been 20 years since Linderman died. Oh. Hmm. Mm. Now we're going to be sad for the rest of the day. Yeah, good job. R.I.P. Linderman. <laughs> we're going to wrap up. Go to scarevalue.com. You can go to Facebook. You can go to X slash Twitter. Really? You can go to Tumblr. You can go to TikTok. I did some new stuff. The hell is it? Okay, TikTok's a You thing. can do Instagram. You can do YouTube, where I don't know what buttons I clicked, but whenever I upload a podcast, like this morning, uh, when we're recording this, it just pops up on YouTube now. <laughs> so our channel, I guess, will stay alive now. Uh, oh, good. So you don't have to do any work. Don't have to do any work. That's the best. Uh, so any, anywhere that there's a thing around threads, we're on, uh, there's something called. I've heard of half of these. Yeah. There's something called Hive. We're on that too. Sweet. <laughs> anywhere you are, we're probably on there because I get figured out. Sweet, sweet honey. I figured some things out. So I bought some local honey this weekend from a guy who sold corn. Big Bear likes his honey. Big Bear likes his honey. <laughs> Tell your honey story because now I have, I'm going to be bothered by it. <laughs> that was it. I bought some That's honey. Your plug. You bought some honey. I was at a restaurant on vacation and they had local honey, which I found out is my favorite type of honey. It's local. If anyone asks you, like, what kind of honey do you what want? What state were you in? It was New York. Oh. And they was local. Oh. And my son has just brought it. Do you see the bear filled with honey? I do see a bear filled it's with honey. It's local. Pure honey. Andrew and Ina Peachy. Manville, Mansville, New York. They, they, were, they had a little cart outside of a Nancy, Fat Nancy's Tackle Shop. And uh, so I was in there. This is, this is bordering on Ken telling us about how you can get mops and liquor <laughs> at the same store. Well, at the these, same liquor store. These guys were outside. They had a little stand outside the store. It wasn't the same store. I want to make that clear. Oh. But then I, I was just buying corn, you know, for my mother as a, a the, gift. The, the albums, the corn. 
albums. Yeah, pretty much. That's all they had. He had a stand of corn albums. Yeah. And then uh, he had local honey. And I was like, it's honey. It's local. I like local honey. So I bought it. Uh-huh. I'm right. proud of my choice. There was really no story to it. But so there you go. Pete's first ever plug is for Andrew and Ina Peachy in Mansville, New York. Yeah. They got a cart. They might be Amish. I don't know. Oh. Well, is the cart electric? I didn't pay attention. I was looking at that sweet, sweet honey. Could be a dead giveaway. Uh, next time I'll pay attention. I'm ever in Mansfield, New York again. All right. We'll see you next time on the Scare Valley Podcast, which may or may not have children on it. There's a child staring I at just, us. Well, there's going to be an episode with the children on it. I just don't know what order these ever come out in or when this is airing. This is probably in August, but I don't know. The children might have already been on it. The children of the corn. They are corn. He does look like a corn kid. They both do. They do. No, 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 no. They look like Village of the Damned. Same thing. No. The Village of the Damned are all the blonde ones. And that's that's what's creepy about them. Oh, the corn right. kids are the corn kids are a, a cavalcade of different That's uh, right. A smorgasbord, as you've called them. Panoply. Ah, just making up words now. I might be. I don't know what that is. It's a thing. All right, everybody look it up. We'll be back. See you later. <laughs>